Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masechet Eruvin, daf Lamed Gimel, page 33. Uh, I want to just make a very quick note that something about that we discussed yesterday, right, this question of what happens if you put your Eruv in a tree, and if you put your Eruv high in the tree, you know, 10, ten um, handbreadths up, then that's too high, and if you put it down on the ground, that will work. I just want to, the Gemara on our daf today makes the point that if the, if you put the Eruv not that high up, right, it's not, it's not 10 Tfachim high, but if it's within three Tfachim of the ground, right, then it has that same status that we've talked about before of where something, where the air itself is kind of compressed into disappearing and it makes the, the slight elevation into the ground, so to speak, right? Meaning less than three tfachim still doesn't count in terms of an actual gap. So then it's as if you put your Erev on the ground, which is probably the best way to do it if your goal is to make sure that you have no concerns about it being too high. I'm not sure if it's the best place in terms of, I don't know, saving, preserving it, preserving the food there. Um, but that's a technical, that's a logistical issue, I guess, um, as opposed to a halachic issue. Okay, that's all. That was my my addendum or today's daf's addendum on yesterday's tree case. Right. So I'm going to just go straight into Amud Aleph here. Um, and again, as we said, this is a relatively short daf and really just deals with one sort of issue here. Um, and the Gemara starts by saying, my Rabbi, my Rabbanai. So previously, the Gemara talked about this opinion of Rabbi Huda Hanasi, that if something is prohibited by a rabbinic decree, right, on Shabbat, we don't prohibit it in that sort of Bain Hashmashos time. Um, and so the Gemara now sort of wants to clarify this and discuss this further, and they want to know what's the source for Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi's opinion, what's the source for the rabbis, for Rabbanan's opinion. So Titania, right, so now they're going to give us the source of this actual Machlokas. Nitano Ilan, right, so we learned, and this is a Tosefta, if someone placed his Erev in a tree, and it's above 10 tfachim from the ground. His Erev is not a valid Erev. If he places it below 10 tfachim, right? His Erev is an Erev. But he is not allowed to take it on Shabbat in order to eat with it. Why? Because you're not allowed to use a tree on Shabbat. If you go back to what we learned about on Masach Shabbat. And remember, if it's above 10 tfachim, then it's really considered to be part of the Rishus HaRabim, and therefore he would be doing Hotzah, taking it from a uh, you know one domain to the other domain. So that would be this the is, other issue there. This was one that, of those times where I wondered, like, didn't they want to mention this in advance of talking about the tree? Yes, but you know, it's this is all left for inference, and we're supposed to know this. So again, you can't actually use the tree. So below ten Tzvachim, it's a kosher Erev, but you can't actually take it or make use of the food. The Tokshlosha, Let's say you put that food or the Arab right within three tfachim uh, of the ground, okay? Mutardly flow, right? In that case, you can take it because it's considered to be that it's on the ground and it's not actually part of the tree. Right? Let's say you place the Arab in a basket, which you hang on the tree. Even if that basket is hanging higher than 10 tfachim, so according to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, in that case, right, what? The Erev is actually an Erev. 
Ain Eruvair. But the rabbis disagree with this. And they say that in any situation where the Arab is placed in a location where you can't actually take the Arab, it's not a valid Arab. So the Gemara now wants to explain, right? Where, what part, what's the Chacham talking about here? right? If it's talking about this ladder clause, right? Uh, the latter part, okay, where we're talking about this basket that was hanging from the tree, right? But didn't the rabbi say that if you wanted to use the, that they, they even held that using the, you know, Ravanan Sadeh Dinah Seward, sorry, I didn't finish reading that, that even using the sides of the tree is prohibited, and that's considered to be using the tree, right? Ella So rather say that this statement that it's not an Arab refers to the first clause, right? Where Rabbi Yehuda says, that if you put it, the Arab below tenth fachim, right? The Arab is still valid, right? According to Rabbanan, they would say no. Even in that case, it is not a, it is not valid, and uh, that uh, right. And sorry, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi's opinion is it's valid, but you just can't move it. Ha'ilan hechadami. So now they want to say, well, what kind of tree are we talking about, right? And I love that it's like it can't just be a tree; it has to be a tree with some type of qualification to it. So let's say it's a tree with what? That's not actually for, it, it's not actually for Tfachim wide. So in that case, it would be a Makom Pator. In other words, it's sort of its own type of domain where none of these Rishuyot actually apply to it. Um, it's a neutral place, basically, right? And therefore, you would be allowed to carry from it. So therefore, the Arab would be valid even if it was placed higher than the 10 Tzbachim, and you should be able to, told, you should be able to take it. And if it's four, right? But like, in other words, it's a four by four, Arba Tzbachim, okay? Right? If you put the basket in it, what difference does it make? Because in that case, what? In that case, the tree actually is a Rishus Hayachid. And therefore, if you were to take it from the Rishus Hayachid of the tree to the Rishus Harabim, um, you know, that would be where the person is standing, right? Because we're talking about a tree that's in the Rishus HaRabim, right? That would actually be carrying. So it's not even, you know, what is it that we're talking about here? I'm a Ravina. So Ravina is going to explain, right? That this first clause of the Tosefta is talking about a case where the tree is actually for Tzfachim wide, right? So the Arab, therefore, can't be valid if it's placed above 10 Tzfachim, because then at that, you know, with that height, the tree that is considered to be a Rishus HaYachid, right? And you would be carrying it into the Rishus HaRabim, which is where the person would be standing in order to eat it, right? And so the Erev can't be brought into the Rishus HaRabim, um, which is where you actually want to be establishing the residence of the Erev Tuchumim, right? So that's really what the issue is. It's that you're trying to establish your Erev Tuchumim, you're trying to establish your new residence in a Rishus HaRabim, but you're placing it in a Rishus HaYachid. And that's really what the issue is here. Right, save but delays by arba'a, but the end clause of this Tosefta is talking about a tree that's not four by four tfachim, the kalkala mashmiatola arba'a, right? And therefore, the basket, what does the basket do? The basket actually adds that additional width and now makes it a four by four tfachim. But Rabbi Sabar Lake, Rabbi Meir, right? And then it's going to go on and tell us that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, right, holds according to the opinion of both Rabbi Meir. The Sever Lake of Rabbi Yehuda, and according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, right? How does he hold Sever Lake of Rabbi Meir? How does he hold like Rabbi Meir? He holds like Rabbi Meir, the Amar Chokakin Lahashlim, right? 
so this gets into one of these uh, interesting things, right? Rabbi Mayer basically says that, let's say you have something that's arched, okay? In which the the straight part of that section is at least three tefachim high, right? But the arch actually goes up to being 10 tefachim high, okay? Even if at that height, it's 10 tefachim high, right? But the whole arch is less than four tefachim wide, right? It's like you carved out the space to complete it, right? In other words, the, that arch actually... Uh, we consider the whole arch as if it's actually the width of four tefachim, right? So in other words, for this sefer, for this end, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi goes according to this opinion of Rabbi Meir, and what the basket actually gets counted to make the 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 uh, tree actually to be uh, four tefachim, right? And so um, so even if it's above uh, four, right, it's above ten tefachim, and now it's four tefachim wide, but you're hanging the basket. A ruvo, a rav divrei rabbi meir, right? Rabbi meir would still say that this still would be considered to be uh, an erev, right? But the chachamim would say what, according to that tosefta, that in that particular case, right, it's not a it's not a bad location and it's not it's not a good erev, okay? And then how does he hear v'savar like rabbi yehuda? How does he explain like rabbi yehuda? Da'amar ba'inan erev al gabe makom arba'a v'leka, right? Rabbi Yehuda requires, right, that what? That when an Erev is placed somewhere, that it has to be in a place that's four by four, it's fucking wide. And if, and if there, and, and, and here, right, in this case, right, the width of it, you know, uh, you know, is not, it, it's not actually four by four, it's fucking wide, unless you take into account, right, actually having, um, actually having that basket. So another way, like Rabbi Meir, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi is doing something interesting. He's sort of having to take two different opinions, right? The opinion of Rabbi Meir that says we can count the basket towards this area to get it to Fort Tfachim, and using the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda to say, I require that it be Fort Tfachim. So he says like, okay, well, if I use Rabbi Meir's thing, then I got to the place of it requiring to be, you know, Fort Tfachim, and now I also have fulfilled the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, um, you know, it's, it's, and then, and then the Gemara is going to continue, um, and it's going to give us the source of, uh, you know, Rabbi Yehuda's, um, opinion. I just find this whole thing with the tree to be interesting, and it's one of these, you know, uh, typical sort of Gemara <laughs> examples, where it's like, you seem to have this very straightforward Mishnah, but, you know, the Gemara sort of recognizes, like, you know, nothing is actually, ever what it really seems to be right and we have to really think about like it's not just a tree in a public place where is the tree how is the basket hung what do the branches actually look like right can you use any part of it or you can't use any part of the tree some part of the tree you can't use any part of the tree um and to also see that rabbi huda hanasi even who in himself was such a strong tana right he redacts the mishnah right trying to even show that for this singular opinion where he seems to go against Rabbanan, right? Uh, you know, who is he that that for him to be able to say, no, I'm actually using the opinions of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda to come to my opinion itself. So I think something jumps out for me from this tree case, besides the fact that it's just obviously an interesting discussion with so many details to figure out. It, it drives home to me the fact that the moment you need your air of Tolman, you also need a place to put it. And that's not something that I ever really think about, right? 
I, maybe because I'm never really thinking about Erev Tchumen, but in terms of practicality of it. But you take this food and you're going to what? Leave it by the side of the road? That's not going to work because it's not going to be there when you get there, right? Like when you when you come a day later or or maybe half a day later, but c- certainly some amount of time later, hours and hours. So then what happens? So where are you going to put it? You know, you are you going to dig a hole in the ground? Maybe. Won't animals come and take it? Will robbers come and take it? You know, a, a homeless person who needs the food, it will be just as happy to stumble upon it and your air will be gone. So this idea of putting it up in the tree like seems to solve a lot of issues, except for that it then causes other issues and and it's not an easy fix. Um, because And the reason I want to just emphasize it because this is outside of the city limits, right? That's the whole point. If it were, you know, at a park station with picnic benches, then it would not be a problem in terms of extending, you wouldn't have to extend tomb because you'd be within the tomb. You'd be within the boundary of what's considered the city. So I... I it may be, you know, self-evident, but it's something that the tree case kind of brought into sharp relief for me. Um, I want to just go on at the very end of our death, and it's kind of an it's an isolated discussion. I want to just mention this case. It's a question of halacha, and it's a little bit cute because it pertains to our uh, setup that's coming in the next few weeks, right? Where we have Shabbat and then. Well, Rosh Hashanah, right, is the first day is Shabbat and the next day is Chag. And then in Chutzlaretz, that's going to be the case for Sukkot and Sukkot Torah, Shemit also. In Israel, it's really just everything's going to line up on Shabbat. But this case is the opposite. This case, the Gemara says as follows, Yativ Rav Papa v'ka'amar laha shmaitam itve rav bar Shabbat rav Papa. So Rav Papa is discussing the halachas that your data that you've just described. And then Rav Papa has this question, meaning this is, again, it's a different generation. And they're learning. They're doing the learning. So he says as follows. What's the case? If, what do you do? Kate said, who also, what's the case that he wants to know what to do? Um, if you have a Chag, where Yontif itself falls out on Friday, which, again, is not the way it works this year. But it, it's in close enough proximity that I thought that it was a, uh, cute, so to speak, to talk about it. Not that the Gemara is cute, right? But that the timing is cute. Um, so the Chag falls out on Friday. And now you want to have an Eruv that's going to work both for the Chag and for Shabbat. Now, traditionally, you hold that you can carry on a Chag. But there, but that's not an issue of Tchum. I don't think you can go outside of Tchum on Chag, right? Does that make sense here, Dana? Yeah, you can. It's it's a Halach of Shabbos. In other words, the only difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos is the Bishol, is the cooking. And the, and the. No, the that on Yom Tov you can cook, right? That's the only difference. But Tzachum applies equally to Yom Tov. Right. It would. Right. So, so this issue would be just as much of an. You know, if you need to go outside, you want something that's going to establish your residence, so to speak, right? Your two thousand amot outside of your city limits, both for Friday, which is going to be Chag, and also still be there for Shabbat. So the question is, Kate said, "Who said Molichol Barishon?" So it's it, the answer is very straightforward for change, um, but it's also got to be complicated for the person who needed to do it. What does he do? He brings that food to the place that he's going to establish as his residence, meaning at the, at the border of the Tchum, right? And he does that on Erev Chag, meaning Thursday. And then he'll stay there until it, until it's already dark. Right? It says, once it's dark, now we're talking that it is Yontif. And then that Erev becomes 
the location, right? It establishes the residence so then he takes it away with him when he leaves, right? He gets there before it's actually the holiday. Then once it is the holiday, he can leave there with the air of itself so that it doesn't get lost before Shabbos, right? And he has to come back um, on Chag itself before the second day that is Shabbat, right? And so that he can sit there again and stay there again until now Friday night is Shabbat. And then he eats it there and, and then he can go home, right? Or, or wherever he has to go afterwards. Meaning he's established a place. Presumably he needs to get there to whatever this location is. It's going to extend his tomb to, to travel further. He must need it for Saturday itself, let's say. But he's doing these shenanigans in the nighttime to both be able to do further during the daytime and then to do it again um, for Friday night. He only has to eat it once, apparently, right? Having it there seems to be sufficient for the first time. And again, we've said this several times, you don't actually have to eat it. You just have to be able to eat it. So, so that's it. Meaning the idea that you could establish a tchum twice in one contiguous holiday, meaning where the holiday and Shabbat line up or, or are next to each other, um, is halachically, I imagine, is quite important if you were ever in a situation where you needed to extend your tchum. Right. I, I only had one question on this, which was interesting to me, like where Papa is speaking from Bavel. So why is the case they give Shabbos into Yante, uh, Chag into Shabbos? Wouldn't this also just be a, an issue with a two day Chag as well? Like, would the same halacha apply? That's a good question. I don't have a good yeah, answer. I, I just thought it was interesting. Like you're writing this from the diaspora. So, you know, what's the deal? I. <laughs> That was kind of my question on this. But and anyhow. Let's just want it to be more universal. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's a very particular case. So I feel like there's something right. here that I'm missing. I tried to figure it out, but I didn't really see too much about, you know, about my question when I when I was learning this. No, and the Gemara doesn't pick it up again, at least not at this point. Maybe it will later, you know, when we're talking about Chag much more. Maybe it'll pop up again. Well, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Rink is review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about some of these issues brought up on this DAF on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.